Good morning. Um, I'm Dr. Bonnie Henry, the Provincial Health Officer for British Columbia, and uh, thank you all for being here today. I understand there's quite a few things happening on the other side of the water this morning. Um, I did want to start by acknowledging that we are on the traditional and unceded territories of the Squamish, the Musqueam, and the Tsleil-Waututh First Nations, and we're very grateful for being able to speak on their lands today. There's a couple of things I'd like to do today. I'm going to give you an update on what's been happening over the last few days here in BC with respect to the coronavirus, which um, you may heard has a new name now. It's uh, now being called the COVID-19, which is highly imaginative, I guess. Um, but that's what we'll be calling it from now on. Um, and I'll give you an update on our cases, what's been happening here, and a, a few comments on some of the global issues that have been happening. So first of all, we do have, we have no new cases in British Columbia. So we remain at four people who we have identified with COVID-19 here in British Columbia. And all four of them are recovering, their condition is stable, um, and all of them are in isolation recovering at home. I also want to say that the small number of close contacts for each of our cases have been identified and are being actively followed every day with Vancouver Coastal Health, and they all remain well and asymptomatic. So I think that's important as well. Additionally, the National Microbiology Laboratory has confirmed all of the cases that we've had here in BC, and they've also confirmed um, the testing that we've done that has been negative for the close contacts of some of the cases here in BC. So um, that is not unexpected, but I just want to make it sure that uh, you're aware that that has been done. Uh, we've started posting, as you're aware, the uh, numbers of tests that have been completed here in British Columbia um, every week, and we'll be doing it again this Friday. And as of last Friday, there were 371 samples that were tested at the BC CDC lab. And as you can see, that means that we are testing a, a large number of people. Um, the vast majority of them do not have this coronavirus, but we have a very low threshold for making sure that anybody that we have concerns about is able to have the test. Um, most of the tests, I will say, have come back if they've been positive with people with respiratory symptoms, have been positive for the other viruses that we're seeing this time of the year, particularly influenza virus. And we are seeing quite an increase in influenza virus, particularly in young people. And part of that is because the, the influenza virus we're seeing circulate this year is mostly influenza B, and that tends to affect children and younger people. So, uh, and Part of the awareness about the new coronavirus, or COVID-19, has been what's driving, I think, increased testing for other um, causes of respiratory infections this, uh, the last few weeks. Secondly, I wanted to talk a little bit about the repatriation flights that have come through since uh, the last time we had a discussion. There were two uh, who came uh, through YVR and refueled uh, last week on Thursday night and early Friday morning. And then again last night, we had a Canadian uh, arranged flight, Canada 2 as it's been called, um, with 188 people uh, from Wuhan and Hubei province uh, who have returned repatriated Canadians. They stopped in in Vancouver last night and very efficiently refueled. Everybody was well on board and continued on to Trenton where they have landed early this morning and are being processed and um, being uh, accommodated at the 
uh, facilities at uh, the Trenton Air Force Base for the next 14 days. And we'll be um, communicating with our federal partners for the, the people who will be coming back to BC after their uh, quarantine period has ended and making sure they have the supports that they need both in Trenton and when they return here. There's a, a few comments I wanted to make about some of the issues that have been happening, happening globally. As you're likely aware, the WHO has uh, finally uh, had an international team of experts that have um, uh, moved into China to help with facilitating communication. I think this is really important for us in terms of being able to verify the information we're getting from China. We have no reason to believe we're not getting accurate information, but we know there's a lot of misinformation and concern about how open the Chinese government is being with cases, etc. And uh, a lot of that is circulating on social media. So I think, if nothing else, it will be very helpful to have those experts from WHO on the ground. I will say it's being led by a Canadian, a Newfoundlander, uh, Dr. Bruce Aylward. So that's uh, good news for us. Um, it will also give us some more detailed information about um, the, the people who are being affected primarily in China. And we know right now that more and more of the cases are being associated with Hubei province. So the proportion, the percent of the cases, the new cases that are, are really directly related to Hubei province are... Um, are increasing, and what that tells us is that that's the focus now, and that some of the measures it looks like that are being taken in other parts of China are having a, a beneficial effect on decreasing numbers of cases in that area. Um, it was quite concerning this morning, as I'm sure many people know, that the report of a hun over 100 people died in, in Hubei province yesterday primarily in Hubei province. And I think it's important for us to recognize that, that uh, as I've been saying, we are in a critical period of time. And we know the incubation period, so the time when somebody gets in contact with this and breathes the virus in to when they show symptoms, the maximum period of time is about 14 days. So what we've been seeing in the numbers of new cases is now starting to level off. So cautiously, but um, that, that is what we would like to see now, two weeks after some of the, the more restrictive measures have been put in place around the epicenter. We're starting to see new people um, uh, leveling off and coming down slightly, and certainly coming down in areas outside of Hubei province. So that's a reflection of people who were exposed a week or 10 days ago. The other thing that we're seeing, though, with this increased number of deaths is that the clinical course of this infection is quite long. So after I start showing symptoms, it may be two, three weeks until I recover from this disease. And we know with other coronaviruses, certainly with SARS, um, from the experience that we have with other coronaviruses, there's a critical period usually around the, the end of the first week into the second week where people either start to recover or they can develop more severe disease and sometimes very quickly their condition can deteriorate. So many of the people, the thousands of people a day who have started to show symptoms over the last couple of weeks are now entering that that critical period in their course of their illness. And that is why we're seeing more people with severe illness and more people dying. And that, that is likely to go on for some time because there's still so many people being identified. 
The other, on the other hand, of course, is that many, many people now are starting to um, be recovered and be, um, be released from hospital and go back into their communities that are no longer infectious to others. So we are by no means out of the crises now, um, but we are watching very carefully what is happening, and there's some signs of optimism, particularly in Hubei province. The one other, um, uh, one other comment I wanted to make was about the, the cruise ship and the uh, concerning increase. So now 135 cases have been identified connected to a cruise ship off of it that's in Japan right now. And that's, uh, that's about half of the cases that are seen outside of China. So that's an important um, consideration. And it tells you um, how easily things can be transmitted in, in an enclosed um, small space like a cruise ship. The numbers of people who've become sick in the last few days have gone up dramatically. But that is also not a surprise, because when we, we saw the last contacts, when people started being put into quarantine and isolated from each other, was on uh, February 4th, February 5th. So as you can see, with an incubation period of 14 days, the vast majority of people are getting sick around day five to seven. So those people who were exposed before they were put into quarantine are now starting to show symptoms. And that's why we're watching very carefully with what we're seeing with that increase of about 60 cases in the last couple of days. So that's not unexpected. What we'll be watching very carefully is making sure that people are not starting to, um, that there's no transmission once people have been put in isolation. So that's what we're watching very carefully now. So um, those are sort of the main things I wanted to talk about today, but I'm happy to take questions. So. Um, yeah, so we will take questions on the floor first, but uh, for those on the phone, please press star one to queue up. And when, before you speak, please um, wait for the mic and identify yourself and the media outlet you represent. Thank you. Thanks. We'll start with Global News. Um, any concerns or suggestion about the incubation period? Could it possibly be longer than 14 days? Yeah. So there was one report of a, num a case series of a number of 130-some uh, um, people in several hospitals where there was speculation that in one case it was 24 days. Um, we've talked about that, and certainly the WHO has been looking at that. And it's unclear about that particular individual, but we are, uh, with the, all of the other data, really shows that it's, for the vast majority of people, actually under 10 days, and that 99% uh, are within 11 and a half days. And so I, I do think 14 is a, is a rational approach. So you don't see that changing? I don't see that changing, no. I think 14 even gives us a buffer. But of course, if somebody has had a high-risk exposure and they start showing symptoms after that, then we want to be able to watch them and carefully. But for the vast majority of people, we, we, you know, the incubation period up to 14 days is holding true. Any other questions in the room? Uh, Sheila Scott from CTV. Just about the um, four confirmed cases here, uh, you know, we've talked a bit about them being at home in self-isolation, but can you talk about what kind of medical care and sort of what their day-to-day -day medical care uh, is like for them? Because they've been, you know, in that situation mm -hmm. a couple, for some of them for a couple weeks now. 
Yeah, and, and especially our first case, um, and um, he is doing well, still has some symptoms, so there's a, there's a process that we go through, and right now it's hard to know when people no longer are infectious to others, and so we're following the process that the WHO is recommending, which means once your acute symptoms have resolved, having two tests done at least 24 hours apart that are negative, which means that you're no longer shedding the virus. So the, the people um, who, all, all four of our cases and the close contacts, are in daily contact with uh, local public health. So it's the uh, medical health officers, so physicians from uh, Vancouver Coastal Health and nurses who are talking to them every day, doing symptom checks. Sometimes it happens in the home. They go in and actually visit. And sometimes it happens by phone. So it depends on the day. And uh, they're asked about their symptoms, how they're feeling. If there was a need for them to be assessed, uh, it would be done at one of the emergency departments and arrangements would be made by public health to make sure that they're notified ahead of time, that everybody's wearing masks and that they can appropriately be assessed. So that hasn't happened any of the hospital assessments? Uh, not with the, the recent cases, no. Oh, we'll go to the question on the phone. Okay, certainly. So as a reminder, you can press star one to queue up. We currently have two questions. The first one is from Leanne Young of CDC. Please go ahead. Hi, Dr. Henry. Thanks for uh, taking our question. So um, I wanted to ask a couple more, uh, to ask about the three people that were diagnosed, the two who were from Wuhan and then the one who's a BC resident. Uh, you were saying that on that cruise ship, you could really see how transmission was concerned in close quarters. How are the three of them doing, all being kind of isolated in the same hall? Yes. Um, well, they're all doing well. And there are other contacts in the home, close contacts, who ha are continue to be asymptomatic and are followed up regularly. So public health is working with that household to make sure that those who are sick are isolated from those who are well as much as possible. And there's things we do like uh, wearing masks if you're in the same room, um, having separate sleeping areas for the cases and the close family contacts, not sharing food and utensils, um, being careful about uh, hand hygiene and washing of surfaces and things like that. So everybody is coping well. And uh, with the three of them, uh, you said, you know, after one week you tend to either get, kind of get worse or get better. We're seeing that the three of them are getting better as well? Uh, currently, everybody is stable and improving, yes. So uh, obviously that's something we want to watch carefully and they'll be in, in uh, as I mentioned, daily connection with Vancouver Coastal Health on those issues. Thank you. Do we have another question on the phone? Thank you, yes we do. We have Bob Mackin of the Breaker News. Please go ahead. Hi, uh, down in uh, Washington State, uh, officials there have opened a coronavirus uh, a quarantine center in North Bend, which is east of Seattle. I wonder if uh, there's any talk about uh, doing something similar in BC, even though the numbers seem to have stabilized for the moment. Uh, that could always change. So uh, are BC health officials talking to officials from any other level of government or looking at provincial resources to have a coronavirus quarantine facility here in British Columbia, like the one that is being opened in North Bend, Washington? No, at this point we are not. 
And I've mentioned before that I don't feel that uh, quarantining of people who have traveled, and we have a very small number who are coming to BC now from Hubei province because of the restrictions that have been put in place in China. But uh, we have active follow-up with public health, and we are asking people who come from Hubei province and anybody who has concerns they might have been in contact with somebody uh, who has the uh, coronavirus to stay in home isolation and connect with us and we'll help them through that. But at this point, we don't feel that we need a, a quarantine station, certainly not here in British Columbia. We'll take another question. Over the can always change uh, pretty quickly. Uh, wouldn't it be prudent to at least uh, plan uh, as a contingency? Yes, we are certainly planning for contingency, and uh, what the contingency that we're planning for is if uh, transmission in the community ha continues in other parts of China and moves to other countries in particular, where um, putting restrictions or even notifications at borders becomes near impossible. And in those cases, what we would need to do is ensure that we are able to um, stop any outbreaks that happen in British Columbia, so people unintentionally coming in and and transmitting it to others, making sure our healthcare system is ready and able to respond to anybody who has this illness who's coming into the healthcare system. And of course, we're doing that very actively right now because many people are, are being assessed on a daily basis here in BC. Um, and our healthcare workers are doing that in a safe way um, so that they're protected as well as we're able to care safely for patients. But we are looking at, you know, what are the contingencies should this become more widespread around the world? Okay, another question over the phone and then, if not, two more and then we will go back to the floor. So two more questions over the phone. Okay, yes. Our next question would come from Lisa Wu of Phoenix TV. Please go ahead. Hi, uh, Dr. Henry. It's uh, Lisa Wu from Phoenix TV. Uh, my question is about this uh, 14 days uh, self-quarantine. And lately, we heard lots of messages from the community, especially the Chinese community. And many people were saying, like, they're returning to uh, Vancouver, to Canada, from China. And some of them uh, might be in close contact with people from Wuhan region. But they're not quite sure when they arrive in Vancouver, how are they going to do this self-quarantine? You know, they don't see any signs uh, from the airport. How can they uh, travel back to home? And also the local people are their concerns. Um, is there any way we can enforce or monitor those people traveling back from Asia? Um, you know, how do we know they actually are quarantining themselves 14 days yes. at home? Yeah, that's a, a, a tricky question. Um, part of it is what is being done at the airport, and it's uh, it has changed over the last week, as we mentioned last week. So uh, the, the CBSA at the airport is providing advice to people. So people from uh, Hubei province are uh, have been asked to connect directly within 24 hours to public health. And I can tell you that there's a small number of people who've come into Canada uh, from Hubei province in the last uh, few days. And they are doing that. So, you know, these are the things. If we give people the means and we tell them what we would like them to do and ask them to do it, we find that most people do comply, and, and that's very reassuring. So I can tell you that we've had a number of people who have phoned um, and been connected to public health, and we provide them with the advice they need about how to uh, home isolate safely for 14 days. Uh, for people who are coming from other parts of China, they are also provided information and asked 
asked to self-monitor for symptoms, and they're provided some guidance at the airport for what to do. Um, again, if they have questions, they can call 811. They can connect with, um, with their local public health office, and we can support them in doing that. We're also working at supporting um, schools and uh, universities and other settings in uh, how they can support students who need to be at home um, during this period of time and make sure that they don't get penalized, that they can catch up on their schoolwork and uh, that they're um, able to, to work with the community to support them. I've also been really pleased and, and heartened by uh, my understanding that there's a number of social media groups and networks now that are supporting people, particularly in uh, the Lower Mainland, who uh, are able to, su to support them with things like groceries, picking up at the airport or driving their car out for them so that they aren't exposing people in public even when they're not symptomatic themselves. So that, that to me is part of the, the good news of, of how we support each other and work together through this type of a global crisis. Um, and I also have one uh, follow-up question. Uh, we have also heard and see the people posting messages uh, uh, among the Chinese uh, social media, especially on WeChat. Uh, people were saying the international students were supposed to be returning to U.S. Uh, for study, but because U.S. now is asking whoever been to China in the past 14 days, they're not, they're not allowed to re-enter. So uh, these people, they are saying, but we don't know whether it's true or not. They're saying they are, uh, you know, taking a detour, coming to Canada, stay for two weeks, and enjoy time here, not quarantine themselves. But once that 14 days are uh, passed, so they're heading on to U.S. We see that time. Yeah, we've not seen that. Um, you know, we've heard those rumors as well. It's not something that uh, that has been apparent, and certainly we've been, you know, lock, looking at and monitoring. Um, I think much of the travel uh, to the U.S., particularly students, have just not been able to happen. Um, and the the restrictions that are on many parts of China have made that really challenging for people. So uh, now we will go back to the floor. Yeah. Or two more? Okay. okay. Let's finish all the phone uh, interviews first. Please go ahead. I'm sorry, just to confirm, you do want to take another question from the phone? Uh, yes, over the phone, please. Okay, we have another question from Lee Ann Young of CBC. Please go ahead. Hi, Dr. Henry. It's Leanne Young from CBC again. Sorry, one more question for you. I just wanted to get a comment from you. Um, we're seeing in the uh, Chinese community a lot of people avoiding public places. They're staying away from even going to restaurants. They're canceling major events. Um, can I just get a comment from you, what, what, what you think of it, whether something like this is necessary at this point? Right now... Right now in Canada and in BC, the risk of this virus is very, very low. We know we have four confirmed cases and all of their close contacts are being monitored. So no, I don't believe there's any reason that we need to cancel events and that we need to um, take restrictions on community activities. With the exception of having a very low threshold if you're not feeling well yourself. If you're not feeling well, then stay home. 
And if you have concerns about um, your children not feeling well, because very often they, they may not recognize, especially early on in an illness. So make a plan with them so that they can tell you if they're feeling off and keep them home from school if they're not feeling well. As I mentioned, we still are seeing a lot of influenza and the other viruses that cause illness this time of year. So I think we need to have even more than usual, a very low threshold for staying away from others if we're not feeling well ourselves. And then the other really important things, of course, is making sure that we wash our hands regularly when we're out in public and for ad events, cleaning our hands, covering our mouth when we cough or sneeze, and you know, avoiding touching your eyes. But really important is, is doing that staying away from others when you're sick yourself. Just as a follow-up, is there something more that the BCCVC could do to seem to combat this very escalated level of fear, despite that the risk being very low in the community? Um, I, I, perhaps, I don't know, maybe the Chinese community gets a lot of its news, obviously, from outside of local media here. Um, is there something more that the BCCVC should be looking at to try and target the ethnic community specifically? Yeah, so we are trying to provide support to all of our communities, but particularly the Chinese community who is really differentially affected. And, and as you say, we understand that a lot of the news it comes from China and comes from messages that they are shared between the community. And I think it's, it's fair to say, and it's very important to recognize that many of our uh, community, both the Chinese community and everybody else in this province, are very strongly connected to family, friends, and loved ones in China many of whom are going through a very difficult, challenging time right now. So we need to support each other. I think it's important to, to support um, not only you know, all our communities and to recognize and reassure people that our communities here are safe and that we need to support each other to get through this. As I, as I say, it's a global crisis. Okay, thank you. And uh, we have one more question in the queue, and that would be from Andrew Wu of the Golden Mail. Please go ahead. Well, hi. Uh, regarding the four cases in BC, at what point do we consider them fully recovered? Yes, so uh, that, that is the challenge, and it's the challenge globally um, in how do we determine when somebody is no longer able to pass this on to somebody else. And uh, as I mentioned, the criteria that we're using right now and that there is recommended through the WHO is, is the resolution of, of the acute symptoms, so mostly that's cough and shortness of breath and fever, so making sure you don't have that anymore, although recognizing that sometimes um, people can have a bit of a niggly cough that goes on for many weeks. But then having two negative tests, so those would be a, a nasal pharyngeal test um, that show that the virus is no longer in the secretions. And the two negative tests 24 hours apart is what we've been using here in Canada. Thank you. We'll go back to the floor. With Omni News, so you mentioned about the uh, social media group that is helping people in self-isolation, uh, uh, but they're not health professionals. Uh, so what are your recommendations for those volunteers who are helping uh, people in self-isolation uh, from mm -hmm. health perspective? And second question is, uh, under what kind of circumstance uh, is uh, BC or Canada going to increase the alert level uh, about this uh, COVID-19. Okay. 
Yes. So uh, on the first question, um, the, we know that this virus is transmitted through droplet secretions. So the main thing is to, if the person is sick themselves, to wear a mask, and that keeps your droplets in. Um, and if somebody is doing things like dropping off food or sitting in a car, those are not the types of contact that we usually see, particularly if somebody has no symptoms. So these are people who are well, who are self-isolating because they've been in an area where they might have contact. So if uh, if you're driving them, for example, I, I've seen some really innovative things, but um, the really important thing is if, if the person themselves wears a mask that protects you and protects everybody else, um, cleaning your hands regularly is really important, keeping windows windows open, being separated, knocking on the door and leaving um, food or medicine or whatever it is that you're providing for that person. So you don't have to have that close face-to-face -face contact. That would be really important. And we, we are um, following very closely what's happening across the country and with WHO around the world with this virus. So we are also um, forward planning about what, what possibly could happen should we start seeing ongoing transmission in communities in other countries. And um, you know, right now there's some, uh, an outbreak that's been linked and, and worked on in, in Singapore that is very concerning. There's been a couple of cases in India, but so far as we can see, no more transmission. There's been a lot of attention paid in countries in Africa that have very, um, who have less strong health systems. So we're watching all of that very carefully but we are also starting the planning here in British Columbia and in Canada about what will we do if things um, move, but we're not there yet. I think the other thing that, that is strikes me, and maybe I'm an optimist, but uh, this is a respiratory virus, and we know coronaviruses, influenza viruses circulate in our part of the world in the winter. So we, we are watching very carefully in China and the next few weeks I will, will be the tipping point, we hope, um, towards trying to contain this. But we also have time. Um, we need to consider, even if it continues to be transmitted widely in communities, if we can um, put in place the appropriate containment measures we need in Canada and get us to the summer, um, then we see a natural decrease in these viruses, in influenza and coronaviruses and other viruses. So, I, And that buys us time. It buys us time for things like antiviral treatments that might be of, of use. There's many studies going on now. It buys us time looking at a vaccine. So I think it's really important. We're going to have an understanding of the measures that have been put in place, whether they're going to help us control this outbreak now. But then we need to start thinking as well about what going to happen next influenza season, next um, respiratory virus season next year. So those are all the things that we're, we're planning as we're de dealing with the day-to-day -day here now. Yeah. Thank you. So that concludes our Q&A session. Thank you, Thank very, you very much. much.